In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins. Grace to make this time a prayer fruitful, my Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, and my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. The Gospels, these past few days, there's been kind of a theme from our Lord's preaching, which is a helpful one. It's helpful in the morning, and it's helpful, uh, I think, for this time of year, which is alertness, right? being awake. Our Lord's summary or takeaway line from the parable of the virgins after the foolish virgins aren't ready for the coming of the bridegroom, they don't get back in time with oil, is precisely that. Therefore, stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. And then just yesterday in the Mass, stay awake, for you do not know on which day your Lord will come. Be sure of this, if the master of the house had known the hour of night when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not let his house be broken into. So too, you also must be prepared. For at an hour you do not expect the Son of Man will come. And so there's a consistent theme here from our Lord, from the Holy Spirit, which is helpful, right? We want to be awake. We want to be alert. We don't want to sleepwalk through life. Our Lord goes on, Who then is the faithful and prudent servant whom the Master has put in charge of his household to distribute to them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master on his arrival finds doing so. Stay awake. And so we can ask uh, in our Lord's presence, well, what's the motive? Why do we want to be awake and alert? And I think from both of these passages, from these last two days of the gospel, the mass, there's kind of a double motive. On the one hand, it's, there's a negative motive of fear that he's telling them, don't be caught unprepared. Don't be caught unaware because that's bad. It's a bad situation. It's like the terror we might experience when we wake up and we realize, oh my gosh, I've slept through my alarm and now I'm late for work. There's that panic that sets in. It's like, wow, what a, I got to get moving. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be somewhere else right now. <laughs> and I'm still in bed. To be ready, right? To be ready for judgment, to be ready to give an account. But there's also a positive, very positive motivation, which is to be alert for opportunities, to be ready 
to serve, to be ready to love at the wise virgins because they're ready, have the joy of receiving the bridegroom. They don't miss that opportunity to be with God, to be with our Lord. And our Lord puts it here too. Who then is the faithful and prudent servant whom the master has put in charge of his household to distribute to them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master on his arrival finds doing so. And so the faithful and prudent servant is awake, is alert, and is ready for his master because he's doing what he should be doing. He's seeing the opportunities to serve, to be faithful, to be responsible. And so it's not just a matter of our Lord saying, you know, be awake because you're going to be in trouble if you don't, if you're not, but be awake because there are so many good things in your life, so many good things to be alert to, so many opportunities to love and to serve. Stay awake. And I think it's a helpful analogy just to think about that living a vibrant Christian life, keeping our prayer life alive, our charity, stoking our charity, our apostolic spirit. If we compare that to being lukewarm or sinful or kind of worldly, well, the comparison is precisely that. The vibrant Christian life is like being fully awake as opposed to being asleep. And we might say, well, let's play devil's advocate. Sleep is kind of nice, right? <laughs> yeah, it's comfortable, it's dreamy, it's pleasant. But we, re- <laughs> we realize, too, that if it's too much, if we're too sleepy, too sleepy-headed, too dependent on comfort and rest, well, it's bad, right? It's, it's too passive, it's lazy, it's selfish, it's unproductive, it's, ugh. it's, it's tepid. St. Paul says the same thing as our Lord, so he's echoing our Lord. Great line from Romans, we've all heard it before. Besides this, you know what hour it is, how it is full time now for you to wake from sleep. It is full time now for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. Let us then cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us conduct ourselves becomingly as in the day. Not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. You know what hour it is how it is full time now for you to wake from sleep. And so this could be a good message. You think at the end of the summer, 
obviously if we work in schools, if our lives kind of revolve around the school year, well, this is a time when we get back to work, intensify our effort. And in general, for anyone, right, there's a kind of sense that the summer months, for many people at least, are a little bit more relaxed, there's more vacation time, there's less pressure at work, one way or another. Those lazy, hazy summer months are coming to an end, and it's time to get to work. And so we can ask, Lord, Lord, help me to be awake have to give me and help me to have the necessary energy to do what you want, to do it well, to be generous, to be self-sacrificing, to be to be to be dependable, awake, energetic, ready, and Lord, alert. You know, sensitive that I. That my head's not in the clouds, that I'm present to others. That I see the opportunities to serve or to listen to someone or to pay attention. I'll never forget a number of years ago now, my mother um, put this new shelf up in her home. It's right at the entrance of the she lives in a log cabin, believe it or not, <laughs> with bears. No, anyway, <laughs> it's kind of true, bears and bats. Um, and so she put this new shelf up right at the entrance of, of her home, and there were these, like, decorations, knickknacks and stuff on it. And it was up for a couple of weeks, and then a friend of hers came who hadn't seen it yet, and hadn't visited in a while. And as soon as she opened the door, she was effusive about the change, the shelf. Wow, look what you've done. That's so beautiful, that shelf. And wow, look, did you make those dolls? That's amazing. What a wonderful job. And then my father from the, from the room next door was probably watching horse racing or true crime. <laughs> TV shows, which he used to like. He yelled out, what shelf? What are you talking about? <laughs> of course, he had seen it a million times without you know, realizing that it was new or that she was doing anything special. And I was struck by that because my mother never asked him, hey, what do you think of the new shelf? Or, you know, she just kind of let him be there in his ignorance anyway. And so that sensitivity, right, my mother's friend picked it up immediately. Wow, look at that. And my dad didn't. And so this can happen to us, you know, in different degrees or areas of our life. I think it can happen very more easily, perhaps, in our contemporary age than in others. To kind of go through life not really alert, kind of semi-sleeping because of our screens or because of our games or because 
of our pastimes or just our thoughts, Lord. I mean, you know, I'm alert, but I'm alert to myself. I'm alert to my health. I'm alert to my emotions. I'm alert to me and my interests. But everything else, I'm kind of, it's kind of hazy and dreamy and um, no urgency, perhaps, to my prayer life or to some of my friendships or to some aspects of my work. And St. Paul is saying, wake up. And our Lord is saying, wake up. And if we think about the world and the people we know, well, there's so much good to do, at least so many things to pray for. So many people who need grace, who need conversion, who need doctrine. So many situations of suffering in the world that at least I can pray for. To be alert to the things that God is alert to, to the things that the saints would be alert to. Lord, wake me up. What is my dream world? How can I be more aware, sensitive? The small things I can do for others or friendships I can make or deepen. Lord, help me be excited for this new school year. And perhaps we experience the opposite, which is a terrible thing to experience. It's kind of like scary too. It's like, wow, I'm supposed to be, it's the end of the summer, the beginning of the school year, hey, back to school. I'm supposed to be refreshed, but I already feel depleted. (laughs) I'm supposed to be excited, but all I feel is dread. (laughs) You know, it's a terrible, that's a terrible situation. It's like it's morning and I've got this mountain to climb and did I even get any sleep last night? Sometimes this happens with your phone. You know, you think your phone is plugged in and recharging. And you're like, oh, my phone's at 100%, right? It's plugged in and recharging so now I can take it wherever. And for some reason, it was like just not in or the plug was not. It's like 5%. Oh, no. I can't play any games. And so that would be a, that would be a bad situation. It could be ours. That we don't feel any more refreshed at the beginning of a new school year than we did at the end of the old one. But in a way, it's, there's no, there's no problem there. You know, it's just like, well, let's plug into our Lord then. I make all things new. Behold, I make all things new. And when we need it, we have to go to him and say, Lord, you said you made all things new, so renew my enthusiasm, renew my commitment, renew my energy. Or the prayer of the Holy Spirit, send forth your spirit and they shall be, crea- they shall be created and you will renew the face of the earth. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you will renew the face of the earth. 
or that prayer of our Father, Jesus, I rest in you. The Psalms, you, O God, are my strength. And so that could be the first reaction to feeling tired before we start or feeling overwhelmed before things even get underway is the supernatural reaction. Lord, I need your help. You give me the strength. You give me the enthusiasm. You give me the excitement. You give me the alertness. And if that doesn't work, well, then you're really scared. No. (laughs) No, then I think, you know, it's like you have to go meta with excitement. There's kind of excitement and there's meta excitement. And so if we're still without energy or motivation, well, then we renew our desire to struggle, to fight, to suffer. Our commitment, right, with our Lord's help, Lord, help me to make that commitment. Help me to renew that desire to struggle. But to freely say, Lord, I want to be excited about fighting, about struggling. And if we're excited about fighting and about struggling because we're excited to love and sacrifice is the touchstone of love. If we renew our desire at least to struggle, even though we don't feel any excitement or energy or motivation, well, then we change our attitude. We're more accepting of things that make struggle harder. We're more accepting and welcoming of a certain tiredness or a certain lack of human enthusiasm or human motivation. And we accept it and we embrace it and we say, I'm going to do things anyway, with energy anyway, relying on God. And so we can still, we can be, we can have a lot of inertia and be half asleep spiritually. And yet decide with God's help, decide to do God's will anyway, to fight against our sleepiness anyway, to act energetically anyway. Relying on him, not on ourselves. And so hopefully we don't find ourselves in this third category, but it can happen. This is great from St. Therese of Lisieux. And it's so good for us to see the struggles of the saints, the great saints. She's writing to her sister, Do not let your weakness make you unhappy. When in the morning we feel no courage or strength for the practice of virtue, it is really a grace. It is the time to lay the axe to the root of the tree, relying upon Jesus alone. It's really a grace to feel no human courage or strength for the practice of virtue. Because that's when we can be heroic, and that's when we can really rely on God. So I'm going to do this anyway, relying on God. If we fall, 
An act of love will set all right, and Jesus smiles. And so that's important too. It's like, well, okay, and even if I don't lay the axe to the root of the tree, since I really have no energy and no strength, well, God's not going to smack me, right, and say, you loser, why didn't you get out of bed? <laughs> I just say I'm sorry, right, and start over. You know, our father, St. Maria, talks about being young and losing the battle of the heroic minute. And we're such perfectionists that we think, well, only... Only the victory helps, right? Or only the victory matters. And no, it's the, it's the love that matters. And so if we fail to be heroic, well, we say we're sorry and we love with love sorrow. And if we are heroic, we thank God for helping us to love heroically. If we fall, an act of love will set all right. And Jesus smiles. He helps us without seeming to do so. Now that's important. He helps us without seeming to do so. And so it might seem like, oh, this is all just pure human effort. And we have to make a heroic effort at times to do what's right, to be faithful, to to love, to pray. And when we make that heroic effort, because we don't see grace, we might think, oh, well, God's not helping me. This is all on me. But that's not true. Without me, you can do nothing. I can do all things in him who strengthens me. And so the, the, the greatest effort on our part is mysteriously wed to the greatest reliance on God. What seems most us and most heroic is also at the same time the most dependent we are on God, the most he's helping us. And that's hard to get, and so our Lord understands when we don't get it and we just go back to sleep. (laughs) But it's important to try, right? She goes on, love can do all things. The most impossible tasks seem to it easy and sweet. You know well that our Lord does not look so much at the greatness of our actions, nor even at their difficulty, as at the love with which we do them. What then have we to fear? Now is the time to wake, right? To wake up. Stay alert, our Lord says. Let us cast off the works of darkness. Paul to the Romans, we just read this. And put on the armor of light. Let us conduct ourselves becomingly as in the day. Not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Alert and alert with faith to our Lord's presence 
to our Lord's help. He helps us without seeming to do so. Lord, I want to be awake to you and not just to my duties and my problems and the ways that I can be better, the ways I'm failing to be better, but awake to you in all that. Without you, I can do nothing, but I can do all things in him who strengthens me. And so we thank you, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity of this new school year. Thank you for your continued presence in our life. Thank you, Lord, for entrusting us with people. Each one of us has people to help, people who count on us, people who like us, perhaps. (laughs) People who we like, I hope. We don't like everyone. Not everyone likes us. That's fine. But at least a couple make things a little bit easier. All right. Thank you, Lord, for those people. People I can care for. People who care about me. People to live with. People to talk to and bring to you. And above all, for you, Lord, for being so close to us in every tabernacle, in every Bible, in my soul, in the state of grace. We're not alone, no matter what we're going through. We're not alone. Jesus is always close to us. He helps us without seeming to do so. Then we go to Our Lady. How alert Our Lady was. Right? how little time or desire she had to fall into kind of like some sort of sleep-like reverie because Jesus was so real to her and Jesus was so dependent on her. She's the mother of God. And she wanted to be a good wife and friend. And so we can ask her, you know, help us to uncover those trances that we can <laughs> that we can kind of fall into. You know, it could be anything. I just discovered Wordle and Quirtle. <laughs> and now there's one that's so insidious, it's called Squirtle. Don't even look at it. <laughs> Squirtle is, oh my gosh, what a time. But you can go through the day like, oh, when's my next moment to like try to figure out how many words are in this stupid thing? This is helping make make a resolution right now. (laughs) Physician heal thyself. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, we can kind of fall into that, right? With anything. It's like, oh, football season's coming. Ah, how they, how's that going to go? Oh, there's a new show. And, you know, our awareness, our consciousness is getting this track, right? And we kind of, we're kind of alive, but we're living for words, you know, or <laughs> I'm always trying to beat my friend. He'll be disappointed if I stop. But anyway, I mean, that's good for him too. Um, 
Right. And our lady, you know, we can't imagine her like getting into one of these, you know, trance like habits just to like check out and just be amused. Not that these things are bad, right? But, but they can be. They can kind of drug our spirit and replace presence of God with presence of whatever. So we go to her. We ask her to keep us on track, keep us alert, keep us awake. So that like you, we can be, we can be attentive to God, the needs of God, the needs of others. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect, my Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.